Welcome to The Void Project. I'm Kira Higgs, a strategist, meditator, and athlete. With a little help from my friends, I'm learning how to pare back what I own. It's not just about having less stuff to manage. It's about exposing old concepts hiding behind the excess. I'm learning from the best and running my own experiments. Listen in on 10 conversations packed with practical wisdom, insights, and tips. Before we get to episode 10, I want to tell you about what happened in the recording session. My guest, Wendy Freer, and I went pretty deep into two topics. One has to do with her work in the world as a space clearer, and the other is what she has pressed into to learn about and discover around death and dying. And these two topics are in and of themselves so full and so rich that I decided that I will make them two separate episodes. So you're about to hear episode 10 on space clearing and the final episode of this series of The Void Project will be a special episode with Wendy on death and dying. So here we go with episode 10 with Wendy Freer. My guest today is Wendy Freer. Wendy is never satisfied with the superficial. Her curiosity compels her to search for what's underneath and behind initial appearances. When she was growing up in Connecticut, she lost friends and family to early death, which led her to a number of questions about and inquiry into death and dying. That unfeigned exploration propelled her into a deeply personal spiritual path. As a space clearer, Wendy leverages the energy of people's homes and offices to remove internal obstacles, loosen personal limitations, and position her clients to expand into an experience of the life that they truly want to live. Welcome, Wendy. I'm so glad you're here for this conversation. Hi, Kara. I'm very excited to have time with you. In preparation for our chat today, we talked a little bit about how I have kicked off my prior episodes by posing a question to my guests about their relationship to their stuff. And we quickly realized that that is not a great place to begin with this conversation. There's something more interesting, and that is this idea of the intangibles versus the tangible. Stuff is about things that are tangible, and you are more interested in the intangibles. Tell us why. That's a really good question, Kara, because for me, my curiosity leads me to wanting to know when the tangibles have fallen away, what's left. Say more about that. When when the tangibles have fallen away, what do you mean by that? I mean, some people might call it superficial, but it may not be superficial. People's stuff, sometimes even people's attitudes or belief systems or conditioning, those are all the things that I see at a particular level. When we can cut through or move through or let go of that level of human activity, there's something that always seems to reveal itself behind it. And it doesn't just happen for me. The thing that's most exciting for me is I see it happen for my clients. And it always puts me in this state of awe. It's truly amazing that this is part of humanity. This is part of our human condition, yet it's the last thing that we look for. So you sound really well-versed in seeing this, finding this, um, noticing it, but I'm imagining that this may not be a 
typical way for others to view their life, to view their situation, to view what's possible. So can you go into a bit more depth about what you mean by something reveals itself? I think initially we would think it is not typical, but that's not what I'm finding. I'm finding that when I work with clients, they recognize these things just as quickly as I do. Sometimes I might see more behind it. So for example, I was doing the space clearing for a woman. She had just moved into a home maybe mm, three months earlier, got there, and I put out the very first offering and something lifted in the house. I have to stop you there. The very first offering. That's part of the space clearing process. Yeah, we put I, I put out flower offerings, so little plates of flower heads with a candle in the center. I light the candle. I do a particular mudra movement with my hand, and that activates the offering. And then something begins to happen from there. So flower offerings are a pretty integral first step in any space clearing, which makes it an absolutely beautiful ritual because there's these little plates of flowers that go all around the house. From the outside, it just looks like I'm doing something really beautiful, right? Like it's got this outer appearance of beauty and tranquility. And on the inside, I'm doing some serious movement of energy. So back to this gal that you were working with and you did your very first offering and then... And then she says to me, did you feel that? (laughs) To me, that's very funny because that's my job. (laughs) Like, yes, I feel that. But I looked at her and I said, what did you feel? And she said, a whole layer of old people lifted out. (laughs) What did she mean by a whole layer of old people? And this is what's so funny is she called me because she had moved into this house. And yes, there was an older couple that lived there before her. But she was finding that she was kind of marinating in this, what she was describing as old energy. She felt more tired. She felt more stuck. She felt herself moving slower or not processing as quickly. And it was like, wait, this isn't me. I, this doesn't feel like me. Like this feels like something residual in this house. And so she called me because she wanted the house to, of course, match her energy and feel more like her. And so when I did the offering and she felt this, this is the intangible right here, Kira. I can't describe to you exactly what it feels like, but it's got this like a levity. Something happens and energetically I expand, the space feels different, the walls have pushed out. I all of a sudden feel like the house is bigger or I have more room to extend my energy. That's the intangible. And she noticed it. She noticed it right away. Was that an expectation that I have of my clients? Never. But I can't tell you how many times they look at me and go, did you feel that? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) To me, it brings so much joy, not just because I'm having an effect. What I'm doing is causing something to change. I think I get more tickled because the part of that person that can feel things that understands that there's something bigger going on here. There's something more than just the furniture and the color of the paint on the wall. There's something bigger that we can address or that we can change or that we can 
move around or, or make to fit her lifestyle and what she wants. I get tickled because now I'm talking to a whole different part of this person in front of me. I'm not talking to their mind. I'm talking to the part of them that has perception. Do you always ask that question when they turn to you and say, did you feel that? I do because I don't want to impose what I felt because my senses are pretty heightened. This is my job. I'm a professional. You know, this is my job. I have a sense of what I'm doing, but they shouldn't. Yes, of course they should or could, but I don't expect that of them. And so, yeah, I don't want to color their experience, but then afterwards I share my experience. So I, I will always say to my client, what did you feel? And I let them share what they felt. And then I ride off of that. And I, I share what I felt as well. Mm. If we stay with this example of the woman who called you in because she moved into a place and ultimately what she, she felt and you felt lift was this sense of old, how does it evolve into, because now we're really in a void, right? We're in the, yeah. <laughs> in the We're really in this intangible space. Something's just lifted. How does it become more of her space, more of her intentions in the context of a space clearing? Yeah, my experience is always the same in this, in that as I move some of these intangibles out of the way, or they get lifted out of the space, there's room for something of her to reveal itself and land in the space. It's like for a second, we have a blank slate, right? I've just cleared out the thing that she has recognized as not feeling quite right. I've lifted that out. But now, and especially in this case, because the woman had such a high level of perception, now we start to have space for that part of her to land, the part of her that realizes the same as I do, that when you look around, what you're looking at isn't the only thing there. There's more behind it. But I have to make the space first. That would have taken a long time. You know, she would have had to be in the house a long time before her energy started taking over where the previous owner's energy had filled the space because they had lived there a long time. And so it would have taken her much longer. Could it have happened? I don't know, maybe with a certain level of awareness, but what she was noticing is she was more picking up their energy and less being able to bring her own energy. So what I did is I created that void, that blank space. I cleared one of the obstacles that was in the way and then something of her starts to present itself in the space, something of her... Hmm, what do we call that? I, you know, I don't even know what word we want to use here. Something of her presence. Exactly. We had a, I had an earlier guest on the show, Daniel Heckmeck. When she goes into a space, one of the reasons she keeps it simple and less is more is because then she has an experience of her own presence in the room and in the space than the stuff that she would otherwise be filling it with. And that's something she values. And so that's something she does. So I, yeah. I feel like you're on the same line there, supporting your clients through the space clearing and having their presence occupy the space rather than the presence of whoever lived there before or some other energy that they don't want around. Definitely. That is really accurately said. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm curious about working with clients over time 
I could see somebody being interested in this because they've got a, like with this gal, she moved into a place and it wasn't hers exactly because the energy that they'd left behind was still there. After you work with somebody, then what? Does it stick? What happens from there? Good question. It does stick for a while. (laughs) That's the really interesting thing. When I say for a while, I mean, you know, maybe a year or until something big happens in their life. How do you know it's stuck? What tells you it's stuck? Because they send me emails like months later. Oh, I just I wanted you to know, blah, blah, blah. And I go, did you put that in your intention when we did the space clearing? And they're like, oh, yeah, of course. Because I don't ask them <laughs> what they put in the intention. After I clear the space, I lead them through a way to now put their intention into this void or into this blank slate. I don't ask them what they're putting in in that moment. Usually they tell me what their intention is ahead of time, but there's always different things that they actually come up with once we get to that part of the ceremony, which is is way at the end. And I'll often say, did you put that into your space when we did the space clearing? And they'll be like, oh, yes, I did. And it's like, okay, (laughs) wow, that's crazy. I am always in awe (laughs) of what happens in a space clearing. I don't think there's ever been a space clearing that I've done where I haven't been giddy with surprise and wonder. Holy cow, look what we did. Mm. Like, this is amazing. So you can work with someone, you can see the evidence you're surprised by and, and giddy. I love that word, giddy, about how you see it working for them. What continues on after a year or so? There's a couple of things that can happen. And sometimes it's based on the space clearing itself. Like people start to evolve or change or change direction in a direction that's more aligned with what they want. The space clearing supports that. But at some point, sometimes people also start to run similar patterns that they were running before if they haven't done some sort of internal work, something kind of returns based on something repetitive that they're doing, whether it's a particular belief system or thought pattern or whatever. But sometimes these people are starting to take a different direction. And as they start to progress on their own path, they need an update. Now they're a different person than they were the first time I space cleared for them. So now we got to bring their space up to date with who they are. Because they've changed. Because they've changed. And now we need the space to support the change. Mm -hmm. Again, it's like, yes, we want to support the change that's happened, but we want to continue to open doors so the next thing can happen and the next thing can happen and the next thing can happen. Can you recall any examples that would not reach a confidence that you could share with us about what you've seen Mm -hmm. happen for one or two people? It's often in this line of the intention that people put in their space, and then they sort of get that. Sometimes I start and it's a very superficial thing. I don't think superficial is a really nice word for this, but it's a more practical thing. And maybe they just 
want to settle into a house and make it feel like it's theirs. Great. And then they put their intention in for the house. And then next thing you know, I'm coming back again because now they've decided they don't want to do the job they used to do. And they're creating this new job for themselves. So we want to match the space to that. So now we've got the evolution. They've gone from just wanting the space to feel good to, well, now they want to support their next business idea or their next career idea that happens and they become successful. And then, you know, once they become successful and things, oh, oh, now they want to start a family. (laughs) So then we all of a sudden we've gone from, I just want my space to feel good to, well, actually what I really want is a relationship. And I want to bring in somebody who matches my engagement with life and awakening and And so it sort of evolves in a really interesting way because you have to think about this. This isn't normal, right? This isn't what people generally think to do, space clear their homes. And so they sort of don't know what to expect the first time. And then when they start getting a bit of what they want or see how the space is supporting them, then they figure, well, as I go on my next adventure... I'd like a little support. So let's do another space clearing. And then my next adventure, I want a little bit of support. So let's do another space clearing. And so it's really um, the space clearing evolves as they evolve as far as what we're doing, what we're creating space for and things like that. Well, some people might, hearing this think that seems kind of natural that a person would want to have a good home and then next they're going to want to have a a good job and then they're going to have a good relationship and possibly start a family. That all seems like a natural progression from a maturation, aging, as you move through your early 20s to 30s and so forth. Let's say somebody was on that track and it's natural that they're wanting these things when they're wanting them. Might they not get them anyway because that's just their process that they're in as their life unfolds, how how would space clearing make it other than what they might experience without space clearing? Yeah, that's a really good question because indeed this could be just a natural progression. And yet the thing that I see in the space clearing is most of these people that I space clear for more than once are also engaging some sort of a spiritual path where they're beginning to trust their intuition, they're beginning to call in something that matches their internal values, maybe things that they haven't even thought about. Again, there's different levels. This could be just a natural progression of life. In fact, it is a natural progression of life. But then there's the other part of them, that part that has perception, that part that is now starting to have an inkling or an orientation towards some sort of spiritual path. And that's also having a progression, but that needs to be put into life as well. So it's not just them having this spiritual path where they sit on a cushion and they meditate. They want to combine that with their life process. These two levels run together. There's the practical, and then there's the spiritual. And usually the people that I go back to for more than one space clearings have this spiritual inkling and each time we do a space clearing more and more of that part of themselves starts to reveal itself then they're really resting on that part and having that part run in unison with the natural progression of life 
When you talk about spiritual, there's so many ways people might interpret that. Do you mean religious? Do you mean, yeah, what do you mean by that? No, in fact, I don't mean religious at all. And it doesn't mean that people can't be religious and also spiritual. That's that's not what I'm saying. So I don't want that misinterpreted. But I'm talking about this thing that I started with. When we take away this first layer of things and belief systems that people live in, something more reveals itself. That's where we were using the word presence. When I'm talking about something spiritual, I'm actually talking about people having an alignment or a recognition or a cultivation in which they are starting to have a relationship with their own presence, which is hidden, doesn't have to be, but it often is. It's hidden under thoughts and routines and patterns and mindset. I believe that's there behind all of that in every single person. How do we create the space for that? And that's what I mean when I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about people who start to get really interested in knowing themselves, feeling their presence, letting their presence be a guiding light somewhere in their physical adventure of life. What's interesting to me as you describe that is that it doesn't sound like they come to you asking for that. (laughs) They come to you with something that they want in their life or that they want to get out of their life. And in the process of this ritual and then whatever unfolds from there, it's this revealing, putting them in touch in a more expansive way, perhaps with their own essence, opens them up to know more about what I want, what I want to do, how I want to run my life, how I want my life to feel which then moves them into a position of being at greater choice because they know more about the innate drivers that they feel in themselves. They're not the cultural drivers. It's really coming from inside and their choices become different and their life experience becomes different. Is that how you see it? Yeah, exactly. I don't think people really know what they want until they start knowing a bit more about who they are. I think people know what they want based on conditioning, like what you just said, or based on society or what you're supposed to want. At the end of the day, when you ask somebody what they really want, I think it's a hard question. But as they start to cultivate this relationship with themselves and they begin to have self-knowledge, they know themselves better, they start to feel what kind of values are important to them and, and what are just values that have been placed on them through society or family or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with people I've worked with one-on-one. I've also seen it actually in organizations. The ability to articulate what someone wants is not immediately there. And it's not because they lack the language. It's often because they lack the clarity. They haven't really touched it yet. And so a lot of times in my work, that's in a different way what I'm helping them connect with. If they don't know what they want, it's kind of hard to help them. <laughs> Get it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And and I think that takes us back to the question you asked a bit ago about, isn't that just a natural progression that they would want a nice space, a good job, and then a family or whatever? And it is, except when they start getting in touch with the values that they're looking for in a job or the things that they align with with other people. 
It's like they make those different choices. Maybe they want the partner that looks the role and then all of a sudden, no, they want the partner that's going to help them awaken more. It's a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a great example. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. I loved the exchange and all that you've brought. Super appreciative of your making the time for this. Thank you. Thanks, Kara. Focusing on and talking about the intangibles is a challenge in part because we don't have a whole lot of vocabulary to describe it. I really appreciate how Wendy was able to describe and show us what happens for clients when the intangibles are at play. And I really appreciate her willingness to let me interrupt her over and over again to explain what a word or a phrase meant as she shared her stories. In my own experience, another place where people experience intangibles is through art, movies, music that gets inside of us, being touched by something so precious and so profound that we feel it, but we can't describe it. We can't put it into words. Nevertheless, it registers and it's real and unmistakable. For some people, these moments aren't all that rare. It's a matter of being receptive, being open and and aware, as Wendy mentioned. And maybe part of the magic in living those moments is to turn to someone who's with us as her clients turn to her and ask, did you feel that? So that's it for this episode of The Void Project. Thanks for joining us. As a reminder, we'll have one last special episode, number 11. I hope you'll join us then for a continued conversation with Wendy Freer. <laughs>